And welcome to the Christmas edition of You Should Have Been Here Last Week, the special podcast uh, run by myself, uh, Steve Gribbin and Paul Ricketts, which we interview uh, the movers and shakers and the promoters on the comedy circuit. But this time, this edition is slightly different. We've asked our fellow comedians and uh, fellow sufferers in the Christmas wars uh, what they think of Christmas gigs. So uh, I hope you enjoy this special festive edition of You Should Have Been Here Last Week. Yeah, well, we say festive, but what it's really like is tales from the front. That's what it's like. It's It's uh, more like festering, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) It's like Armistice Day uh, in the First World War. (laughs) 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 Someone's in the corner, comics quietly playing a harmonica, saying, I I think it'll all be over by Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then <laughs> and then everyone's going, do we really have to go over the top? Oh, yes. Yeah. Off you go. But, I mean, the only positive thing is, uh, you know, for you, for you comics, the war is over. That's yes. where we are at the minute. <laughs> exactly. So we, we talked to several comics, and the first question we asked them was, um, do you like Christmas gigs? And you're going to hear answers in this section from Alan Francis, Steve and Alan, Neil McFarland and Chris Kearns. Well, what are you asking me about Christmas gigs? Do you like them? No. Oh, no. No. Well, you see, here we are. You know, and it's an unmitigated joy from start to finish. Christmas gigs are famously bad. Famously bad. I mean, I mean, I don't know what it is about Christmas. That I mean, it's supposed to be a time of goodwill to all men and all that, but it's actually a time of getting absolutely fucking wankered and behaving like a complete arse. That's what it is. Mm. I mean, I don't know if Jesus himself did that. I mean, I don't know if in the by you know in the stable you know the three wise men turned out utterly bloated. It's just the league of extraordinary knobheads, isn't it? It's the people who who've never been out and have been dragged out to a comedy night. The reason they shouldn't happen is because a workplace will have someone who's in charge of booking events, who has the idea of doing comedy, and everyone else does not want to do comedy. But it doesn't matter, does it? Because the person who books it, then they turn up, they're sat there looking at you eagerly like, it's going to be funny. And the rest of that row are all sat there thinking, we wanted to go bowling. Yeah. Uh, that face of like, you're not bowling. You're, there's only one of you. you we want nine others and we want to hit you with the ball. I don't know why you would want a comedian on. You know, I mean... I, I don't understand any of the entertainment around Christmas. I mean, Santa. I was in Hounslow a couple of years ago, that uh, shopping centre in Hounslow, and there was a Santa, and there were he had elves. There was a Santa with elves, and I felt sorry for the Santa. I was just like, oh, there he is, this bloke doing his Santa. I mean, what is? I mean. I mean, he was obviously an hockey. <laughs> and he had, like, round his, round his white beard, there was a massive nicotine stains. Mm. So he was like, he was no stranger to a fucking roll-up, you mm. know what I mean? And um, But, I mean, I suppose, you know, fair enough. Probably quite authentic, Santa, in many ways. 
basically don't bring your best material because no one's going to hear any of it. Um, and if that's if you get to the end of your set and get out of town alive. But uh, ho ho ho! Like the last day of December of November today. Really nice gig, civilized crowd. Tomorrow. Christmas madness kicks in. It, it could be something to do with going to Waitrose or going to the Morrisons and hearing the dulcet tones of Noddy Holder. Mm. I think that's what does it to I'm going to say Paul McCartney. Oh, I, oh, no, that, that is enough to make you a murderer. Because yeah, I heard it a lot tonight in Covent Garden. It was, Simply uh, having a yeah. wonderful... I mean, what was Paul McCartney thinking of when he wrote that? Money. Yeah. Simply having, a, I mean, when you compare it to, uh, you know, I mean, this is nothing to do with Christmas gigs, but John Lennon's War is Over. I mean, it, it's just, it's a beautiful piece of work. Yeah, if you, you know, want it. You know, it's just such a lovely piece of work. Uh, Paul McCartney's Simply Having. Honestly, that is awful. Yeah. You know, who am I to criticise Paul McCartney? He's written some brilliant songs. He's yes, written he some has. fantastic Maxwell Silverhammer. Well, that's... <laughs> I was thinking more yesterday or something. Well, no, you wrote that the day before. Yeah, that's true. Mm. The day before yesterday, mm. which was... Um, another day. Another day, which was a good song. Yeah, it was a good song. Good song. But, I mean, you know, we could talk about the Beatles all night and... Uh, no, we're talking about Christmas gigs. Yeah, Christmas gigs. Mm. Tough. And the next question we asked these intrepid comedians was, um, why do performers do Christmas gigs? And you're going to hear from, in this order, Matt Reed, Steve N. Allen, Alan Francis, and Abigail Schumann. Well, the best thing is, uh, tragically and uh, commercially, uh, it is bountiful. Because there's gigs on everywhere. Everyone does a the Christmas. There's a lot more gigs, and it's Christmas parties. So you can earn a little bit more on Christmas, which is always good. And some gigs, not all of them, but some gigs do put the money up, which is nice. There's more money in those gigs, so we all do them, and it keeps the industry afloat, disappointing people on the way up to Christmas. The only thing it's better than is disappointing people just before their wedding, which is what happens when people book comedians for staglies and head nights. But at least these days, people get married about four times, so it's not so bad. The money is good. The money is good. Twice as much money for a Christmas gig as you get for a normal gig. Yeah, but no, yeah, and then you get three times as much for New Year's. Oh, it? God, yeah, that was... Like Jonglers, I remember Jonglers New Year's Eve. Um, I never did it, but um, I, I always was jealous of comedians who did do Jonglers New Year's Eve because I would do Jonglers, like, the weekend before, or you know, like, and it would be a hell of a gig, but it was normal money. Mm. And then the people doing New Year's Eve got, like, treble bubble. Not double bubble. Treble bubble. Treble bubble. Yeah, but you never did it, though. I mean, I never like, did it. It's like you talking about sleeping in Monroe, but yeah. you didn't. You actually slept with uh, Diana Dawes. Yeah. The week before. Yeah, I slept with Diana Dawes the week before, and, 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 and you know, she it was, was still better. all right. She was still all right. She was better. The money, everyone said that already, haven't they? But it's <laughs> definitely getting paid for. It's fun to see everyone, too. It's fun to see all the comedians and be like, all right, guys, we're going in. <laughs> Real you... camaraderie. And this might sound a strange question, but the the next one we asked was, uh, what do our comedians think is the best thing about Christmas gigs? And in this section, you'll be hearing from Tom Rigglesworth, Chris Kearns, Keris Nelms, Neil McFarland, 
Steve N. Allen, and finally, Alan Francis. Best thing is that they end uh, pretty soon, actually. This is our last one. The best thing is that, I don't know, it's, you might get some chocolates off the staff, and that's about it, really. So, <laughs> I mean, pie might get thrown your way. That's, that's, you know, that's a bonus. I'll take that. So, yeah, so... Now, I mainly do a lot of gigs at the Frog and Bucket in Manchester over Christmas every year, right? And they do Christmas dinner. So I oh. have four shows there, and I have a Christmas dinner every show. <laughs> so by the time Christmas comes around, I then don't actually have to do turkey and pigs and blankets and stuff because I've had about 18 of those Christmas meals already. <laughs> That's my most favourite thing. If somebody does a gig and feeds me Christmas dinner, I am happy. Yes and no. I mean, you, you, some people people are having a nice time, and if they don't go over the store, then you might get you might get some uh, you might get chatted to, and you might get uh, some nice feedback, and you might get a drink bought for you, and you might even you know get appreciated for your actual uh, comedy. Um, if people are you know people have got their Christmas heads on, but they're uh, not too Christmas heads on. But when they work, they really work because everyone is drinking because. They're not out with friends that they want to be with. They're out with work colleagues. So they have to drink more and you could have an amazing gig with those people. I, I don't know if, the, you know, funnily enough, the phenomenon of bad gig, I mean, it might be because I'm older and uglier and I've, I've got more experience. Mm. I, I find gigs are not as bad now as they used to be. Mm. Like Christmas gigs in the 90s were horrendous. I mean, really horrendous. Uh, whereas now they I don't know, maybe I'm just, maybe it's just I'm an old git. But they don't seem as bad now somehow. Don't worry, I'll take you to one that's terrible. Okay, I'll, I look forward to going. You're going to do Bournemouth with me on December the 15th? Uh, Bournemouth on December the 15th, that, like, that sounds like something worth avoiding. Yeah. That sounds like worth, in fact, you know, December the 15th, I'm in Jersey. Um, so obviously, the next question we asked them was, what is the worst thing about Christmas gigs? And we got answers from Alan Francis, Abigail Schumann, Matt Reed, Paris Nelms, Neil McFarland, and Tom Wigglesworth. Is it the audience that you d despise the most? Uh, it is. Um, the, the audience, the travelling, the weather. Mm. Um, I mean, the, the weather is awful, isn't it, in the winter in this country? Yeah, but it is indoors. Yeah, that's true. My worst thing? Uh, the... The, the giant groups that 99% of them don't want to be at a comedy show, but one person booked in a comedy show for the freaking copywriters, and they're all trash and don't want to be there. It's the, the drinking of people that don't drink. That's what it is. It's the, it's the people that don't go out and they've been forced out. They go, oh, well, well what's normal for drinking? Oh, I tell you what, I'll have two bottles of wine before I go, no, 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 no. Oh, you've done it. Uh, and you're like, it's going to the red tape. Like, I thought you were funny. I don't know what you like coming. That's the ones I don't like. <laughs> Worst would be, obviously, we all experience it, is the pissed up Christmas pies. Yep. What the problem is, is that you'll have those people out, and that's fine if it's, it's a room full of those people, but you've, got, you've still got couples and families out that are just trying to enjoy themselves. Mm. Um, I, I don't mind it so much. I love a rowdy crowd, don't get me wrong, but it's when they're just ruining the night for everybody else. That's not very good. And it's, and it's such a slog for us. We're literally just up there doing our time and getting off stage, not enjoying it. 
it's, it's a works night out. Half the people who are on the works night out didn't really want to go to comedy. It's the same as stag nights, hen nights. You know, half the people there are like they are under duress. The worst thing is we learn nothing. Every year it's a shit show, and then come the first of December next year, everyone decides that work parties and comedy clubs should suddenly be um, be combined, and that, that and, and that's proved to be not a good idea by mid-December. By the end of December, it's absolutely confirmed. And then uh, January, it's all forgotten. And then we go again. So the worst thing is it just keeps repeating. But the best thing is, yeah. And finally, uh, this is the uh, the one that we've all been waiting for. Uh, the, the last question was about Christmas heckles and horror stories. And uh, quaking in their boots whilst they gave us our answers were... The following: Abigail Schumann, Neil McFarland, Karis Nelms, Chris Kearns, Steve N. Allen, and Matt Reed. So, what, what's your favourite heckle? Uh, yes, mommy. Oh my god! <laughs> and the heckling—is it worse at Christmas? It's 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 less competent, <laughs> which but it's bizarrely worse. Like you can do a lot more with a competent heckle, and short attention spans are shorter because everyone's got pissed up on shots. They don't heckle; they just talk loudly to each other, and uh, you know, and you're like the guy with the microphone and the lights going, "Excuse me." Last Christmas, I had one where um, they were one of the acts had gone on, so they were fine with me. This big, big office uh, party, two tables it was. They were fine with me, and then first act they didn't get on with. And um, this table then turned on me to the point where one of the main men that I'd had a nice conversation with uh, basically said, fuck off. And I went, oh, no, mate, you don't tell me to fuck. You're in my house. This is Christmas. You're in my house. You do not tell me to fuck off. And I said straight away, do you know what, Steve? It was I think we were it was one of the fifth, like fifth gigs in a run. Yeah. (laughs) And my fucking tolerance had just snapped. I was like, security. Get him out. I don't want him in here. And security just came straight away, took him oh. straight out. Everybody's cheering because I'm like, there's no way. And, and then the worst thing was a female on his table said, oh, that was out of order. And I said, so you think it's acceptable for a man to tell a female to fuck off at her place of work? I said, have a word with yourself. You need to have a rethink about what you're, where you're coming from here. Um, so on their way out, they all left then, just hit all the drinks off all the table. Like, like I'm talking like 20 drinks. They'd also been sick already on the floor. So, you know, it was it was best read. But yeah, don't ever tell me to fuck off when I'm five gigs in on a bloody, on a Christmas weekend. I think it was a Christmas gig in Bournemouth, funnily enough, like the other nightclub of the same name that we're on tonight, where I had a chair thrown at me at a Christmas gig. Uh, it whistled past my ear, bounced off the, the DJ box. And uh, they were thrown by some army lads who were having their Christmas night out. Yeah, and it did have a bit of tinsel on it. Well, I, I I got told this story by like the the, the owner of this business, my wife, and they, at one went to the bar just to show us that, and the bar was closed. And she said to the bar staff, "Which one of you cocksuckers is going to get me a drink?" And then Paula said to her, "You know, get out, obviously, because don't get to speak to people like that, especially young girls." I mean, that's speculation at best. Should have called them the rounds and that, but they didn't know. She didn't know that. And then the woman had the temerity to phone on the Monday and say. I came in your venue and asked for a drink, and this young upstart, my wife, yeah. had the temerity to kind of throw it out. I said, "Look, can you describe it?" And she said, "Yeah," and then described my wife to, to my wife, and she went, "Well, that was me." And what you actually said was, 
which one of you cocksuckers is going to get me a drink? And she said, well, I just, you know, I just wanted a drink. I said, well, people don't really function like that. And that's just Christmas for me. People who think they can just treat people like shit. I've had a few drinks and they just walk into a bar. Hey, and they just, and I just thought, not only was she like so out of order, over the weekend she thought, I'm going to phone up and get someone sat for this. Uh, that, that kind of like, you know, main character syndrome. Yeah, it's just, I just, I just find quite uh, disturbing. There was one gig on the Rob's Christmas, and I was really quite new at this, and I was middling at some gig. And the only thing, it wasn't a heckle, really. It was uh, an act went on, and the person running the gig said, um, what do you want us to do if, it, if the crowd kicks off too much? And between the two of them, they arranged a safe word that this act would say to kind of, like, stop it, and then they'd get off stage. And I've, I'd never witnessed that before. I'd never witnessed an act need a safe word. So that was terrifying. <laughs> And eventually, but they didn't use the, the prearranged safe word. They used the phrase, beep this, I'm not putting up with this anymore, and walked off stage, which actually is a far more effective safe word because it's not like you need to hide the fact you're walking off stage. They'll notice because you're not still on stage after you've done it. No, it was probably about uh, a long time ago. Uh, there was a woman in the toilet a long time, and her boyfriend had been chucked out in this time because he was being a dick. And um, I, I sent a female member, something which has been there a long time, she came out like this. I was like, what was happening? Apparently she'd been on bad drugs. She'd been vomiting and managed to shit herself all over the floor. And she wouldn't open the door. So she got her boyfriend by and he was pissed. He goes, I'll climb over. They'll get, no, do not climb. Anyway, they were too late. He was up there, swan dived from the top of the cubicle, into, like split his head open in a pool of her shit. And they both fell over in it, so they were covered. And they came, and eventually the lot, and that means the staff had to be very diplomatic. People straight faced were going, Yep, do you want to get, should it be cleaned up before you go? They'll get, No, no, we just want to leave. I'll see you. You probably should. They were like, No. So they went out the back, pulled a taxi over, and the taxi went, No, drove off. <laughs> she started lacing into him because she blamed him. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's very toxic. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Humble <laughs> well, uh, that about wraps up the festive or the festering edition of uh, You Should Have Been Here Last Week. Um, very entertaining stories, really. <laughs> well, yes, uh, harrowing is the you know, the horror. That's all I can think of, like the end of Apocalypse Now. The horror. <laughs> Got to mention one thing. I mean, I did see a uh, act that posted in one of the Facebook forums saying that comedians... Uh, you know, are always moaning about Christmas gigs and comedy in general and saying that he had a particularly fantastic year and he's very, you know, has a great love of comedy. And it made me think, yes, he's right. He is right. I mean, we just heard these comics moaning and, you know, comedy is great. We love doing it. It's yes. enjoyable. Uh, but we are comics and we love to moan. Let's face it. Yeah. We wouldn't. We wouldn't be. It wouldn't be otherwise, would it? You know, that's the one of the uh, the main personality flaws that qualifies you to be a comedian in the first place. Isn't it? Yeah. You know, have you got low self esteem? Check. <laughs> Messianic complex. Check. Yeah. Love moaning. <laughs> you don't get material saying. Have you noticed when everything goes wonderful, how fantastic it is? <laughs> you tend not to have stuff about that, do you? No. Very true, yeah. And, and also, one of the great things about, you know, this, it's like a purge, isn't it? So we know coming into December that gigs are going to be tough and then you come out the other side and, of course, we've always got January to look forward to when there's fuck-all gigs and then audiences are a bit... Ugh. 
because they've all had too much to eat and drink and too much of their own families at Christmas and they're all in a bad mood. So we've got that to look forward to as well, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, well, don't forget New Year's Eve. Oh, yes. A good thing to finish off this uh, festive, festive podcast is to wish everyone uh, a Merry Christmas. I think I'll be putting this out on uh, Christmas Eve. So, uh, you know, have a wonderful Christmas, uh, yes. all our listeners all our viewers, and, you know, if you want to have a handy Christmas gig, perhaps force someone to subscribe to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Uh, I'd like to second that. Merry Christmas to all all the comedians out there, all the promoters. It's hands across the trenches. We're all friends. Yeah. We can play a football match against each other and uh, then get shot. (laughs) Yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah. Happy Christmas, everyone. Yes, happy Christmas, and we'll see you um, next year. Yeah, we'll see you next 2024. See you on the other Woo! side. Yeah. They said you should have been here last week. I swear. You should have been here last week. Oh, yeah. You should have been here last week. This show is part of Podomity. The Podcast Comedy Network. We're the best kept secret on Acast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out podomity.com now.